this is Stephen Byer from Modern Films, and you're listening to Sick on Cinema. Everybody. Hello. And welcome to Sick on Cinema. I'm one half of your naughty party clowns, John. Oh, Jesus. I'm the other half, Matt. <laughs> and, uh, man, it's been a while. It has been way too long. This length of time has been decent. 2019 has just kind of been one of those years where it's just like, can I catch a damn break for a second? 2019 has been one of those years where it's like, <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, 2019. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Piece of shit. It really has, like, for the podcast, not just the podcast, but other things, too. It's like, God dang. Life has been throwing <laughs> fucking bricks at our heads. It really has, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, in, in the internal words of, of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, <laughs> life sucks. And then you die. <laughs> Look, this isn't a wrestling podcast, but I I have many rants on on him at this current. Yeah, no, this ain't a wrestling podcast. But However, that's not. Con- we're not gonna. No, no, yeah, that's no, all no. we're gonna say. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's just, it. Just him <laughs> saying. Hmm. <laughs> and <me> going. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. What How was that here. last stick on cinema? I don't know. They just went. <laughs> <laughs> They just for made a lot noises for 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> and then it went off. It was really weird. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say I liked it. It was like, it's like one of those creepypastas, like those lost episodes. Oh, fuck. We should do that one time. Like, drop like an episode <laughs> on iTunes and immediately delete it. We're just like, oh, for like 20 minutes. <laughs> it starts a damn, like, internet like, rumor. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was this episode, man. It was this really podcast. weird. They usually do like, like strange movies and stuff, but there's this weird podcast where they're just screaming the entire yeah, time. They just wailed the entire time. It was really strange. <laughs> <laughs> For people who don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a big fad with creepy bosses, which creepy bosses is internet horror stories. We're like lost episodes was a big thing, and they're always super weird and sometimes it, fun, sometimes dumb, sometimes absolute dog shit. <laughs> yeah, like most creepy bosses. Uh, like I get, don't know about that. There's you get a handful of really good. We did. We hey. For the Halloween episode, we did some creepy bosses. Yes, you know, which there was a lot more stories, but they apparently got yeeted. They got yeet. They got yeet. Again, for people who don't understand what that is, I love how many references we make. Now I wonder how many people are like, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> I, would, I would guarantee you, we like, have so many like inside jokes that nobody knows what's up. <laughs> oh my god! Can you go to the, like, the earlier episodes? There's probably references to the stuff that people will never, ever never, get. never. But look, I've listened to podcasts that reference stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? Fourteen ninety nine. All right, <laughs> is that another one for you? Single <laughs> so sim, the reference podcast. The reference podcast. <laughs> um, 
questions, comments, and concerns can be sent to sickoncinema at gmail.com. Yes. You can uh, find us on social medias at <laughs> Sick on Cinema on Instagram and Facebook. Not Twitter. No. Twitter's dead ass. <laughs> Fuck Twitter. I, yeah, I don't give a shit about Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is just a fucking, like, that's where life goes to die. Go follow our boys, uh, Who Will Survive podcast. Mm-hmm. Dot Orbix, making dope-ass music. Yes. Rain Artek, making dope-ass music. <laughs> um, who else we shout out, usually? Uh, NG Dub. NG Dub. <laughs> they got two shows coming up this year. Two. In, uh... Knoxville, Tennessee, son. Well, originally it was supposed to be somewhere else. Well. That's for a different. <laughs> that's for a different podcast. Yeah, but yeah, go give them a like. Go give all of our friends a like, and uh, you will be hearing from Brandon Lane and the Rants from the Black Lodge in a minute. But yes, before we get to the big uh, episode, which tonight we even talked about what it is. It's revenge films. Yes, we're covering Fight for Your Life, Rolling Thunder, and Vulgar. Mm-hmm. But because we've been gone for so long, we've we've left our loyal friends and hanging yeah for so long that we want to give y'all a bonus yes and what better way to do a bonus than talk about something brand new and extreme hell yeah and that's none other than the very first title in unearthed films too extreme for the mainstream that's a long it's a a long title it's it's also one of the best marketing campaigns. Oh yeah, in like physical media in a, in a while, I think it's it's as I think it's as good as like the Vinegar Syndrome Black Friday sales and slip covers. Yeah, because like you're like, what is this? Something I will go ahead and say right now is that this movie does hold true to that title. It kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, what is that movie, Matt? It's called Torment. Torment. Which. Whew. There's a lot of movies called Torment. There's a lot of movies called Torment. Which, that's one thing I will say. Yeah. Right Probably shouldn't have called it Torment. No. There's literally a movie on Netflix. Called Torment. Called, to- called Torment. <laughs> so. But um, this was produced by the guy who did um, uh, American Guinea Pig Sacrifice. Yes. Which, uh, I don't think we've hid the fact that we both think is the weakest of American Guinea Pig. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. I, I, I mean, have we hinted at it? I think so. I don't, I don't even know we really mm-hmm. talked about it all that much. A little bit. We we discussed it. Yeah. Which maybe someday. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to yeah. talk in detail. And, um, you know, we kind of got a little bit of a scoop on these movies. Not necessarily the titles, but that this too extreme for mainstream line, you know, when we had Stephen Byro on the show. Yeah. Who, you know, we are still very grateful for. And thank you, Stephen Byro. Um, But also the way they're, like, launching this is so brilliant. Where it's like, they're only going to produce X amount of titles. Whatever sells is what's out there. After that, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Because you're like, I got to get it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss it. Which is exactly what you've done. Exactly. As <laughs> yeah. soon as it was on, like, pre-order. Day one. One that awesome Gacy said, but I couldn't get that. <laughs> it was a lot of, that was a lot of money, wasn't it? A lot of money, yeah. yeah. Maybe a little too much, but hey, you know, hopefully somebody bought it. Hopefully... Oh, excuse me. Hopefully somebody bought it. Right. Because I think Unearthed does deserve the, the support and the money. They deserve the monies. Um, they deserve that clout. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Torment is loosely inspired yeah. by serial killer John Wayne Gacy. Not based on. No, this is not a biopic. Not at all. It is inspired by John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Uh, essentially, we have this gentleman who... Uh, uh, which... His name may be John, though, mm-hmm. which I 
The thing is, we literally watched this like last night. We watched it last night. And we have no notes. We have no notes. Because we didn't know he was going to do this. I just kind of brought it up. Yeah, this was this was literally like we were getting ready. We were setting up and, you're, and you, uh, John was like, we should we should talk about that other movie as like. <laughs> as a bonus. The, yeah, yeah. As a bonus part. And I was like, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so this guy stays the night over this gentleman's house. It's yes. insinuated that they might have had chicks. They, they may have had relations. They might have had relations, right? As they would say on like a television show, like one of those crime <laughs> TV shows. That's, that's one thing. About, one thing with those shows that drives me nuts. Like, but, but sometimes like they just don't say. Certain yeah. Words. They're just like then then they may have had sexual relations. Sexual relations. It's like <laughs> who says shit like that? It's like they scrogged. They fucked. <laughs> say, say that it is. But, but uh, so ahead. the guy gets up and he's kind of wandering around this. Guy's house, which mistake number one. Yeah, get the fuck out of <laughs> Just there. Just get out of there. <laughs> if it's a one night stand, go. <laughs> go home. Um, but he's kind of wandering around and uh, he notices this room. Yes. After he steals the guy's heroin and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> which already, though. Already, it's like, dog. <laughs> what are you doing? Get, get out of here. Yeah. Um, and uh, he opens the door and lo and behold, there's a gentleman. Beaten and bloodied and tied up. Yeah. He gets jumped from behind, and we're introduced to the, the killer clown who does exactly what the movie's title says. Torment. Torment. Yeah. <laughs> Tortures these two gentlemen for the remainder of the film. And they intersperse like some like kind of like surrealistic dream sequences, which kind of breaks up the monotony a little bit. Yeah. Um, makes it more enjoyable, I think. I think without yeah. those, it could have been it could have got a little tedious. Just kind of watching the same things. Yes. Um, but yeah, what did you think about Torment? Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. But this movie is a hard one to get through. Though. It's rough. And it was unfortunate that me and John watched it together. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things in this movie I think we'll, we'll discuss. That, <laughs> you know. Well, here's the thing, too. Me and you are uh, by no means homophobic. Oh, no, 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 no. no. We are straight men, yes. but we by no means are homophobic. Right. We support the gay community. Yes. Um, doesn't mean I want to see a guy stick another finger up a butthole. Didn't or, need that in my or life. Or a bottle. <laughs> or a bottle. <laughs> or a spoon. Yeah. Yeah. And, Which, like, I don't know if it's just a great practical effect or if they really, like, fingered that dude's butthole. But mm-hmm. <laughs> either way, I did not need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> also... I think you could throw out an argument that this movie may have more dick in it than a porno flick. There's a lot of dick and balls in this movie. Yeah. So if you are uncomfortable by full-fledged male nudity, which, you know, round of applause for those boys to have oh no fear, you know what I mean? Yeah. To really go for it, which is, is is very admirable. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, you can't imagine that they were making a lot of money. You know, this was purely because they believed in the project. Yes. That they're like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. No way I could have done that. No yeah, the movie's in. I can't even go swimming out in public without a shirt without on. Without a shirt on, right? <laughs> I, can't, I can't wear a shirt that's not a t-shirt. Yeah. Or yeah. longer. Yeah. So, <laughs> no thank you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, this movie is definitely brutal. Yeah. Like, it goes to places that I hadn't seen in a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not uncharted territory, but definitely, like, for the modern, like, extreme cinema, it definitely, like... On a scale from like normal horror film to s- Serbian film, 
Yeah. This definitely sits a little over the average for it, sure. It sits in the Mariandora realm. <laughs> yeah. And I did get a lot of Mariandora vibes when I was watching this. Oh, yeah. You know, like, not quite as artsy as a Mariandora film, per se. But the surrealism is there. Yeah, the surrealism is there and like the like the prolonged sexual violence yeah. is there. And, you know, Dora's films usually kind of centers around a couple people. Yeah. You know, one to a couple people, you know, a group or in this case, two or three, you know. It, it's, 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 um, it is like, it is what it is also. I did enjoy the movie quite yeah. a bit. I actually really liked it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it actually exceeded my expectations mm-hmm. because I didn't really know what to expect from it, but I kind of thought it would just be like an, your regular like torture film, yeah. and it is that. Yeah. And it, at times it is like okay, <laughs> you know, like this is a little much. Baby. We know we get it, but I think it always finds new ways to like um, captivate you, and I think the performances are super strong. Yeah, um, the visuals are really good. Um. I I do get a lot of vibes also from like some of the Crumple Shack stuff. I can see that, yeah. Which, which if you don't know, Dustin, Dustin Mills. Mills, his film, his films of uh, under the Crumple Shack umbrella are all pretty rough in nature. Yeah, usually, and usually kind of like sexual in nature as well. Yeah, a lot of sexual violence in those. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I do see a lot of like you know the hornet's thing the hell it caused. Yeah, like violence in this but yeah i can see that maybe to an extent more though oh yeah i think it definitely goes further yeah than dustin's films does um just because it's got penetration in it (laughs) (laughs) anytime you add penetration it's going further you know what i mean yeah um and there is some uh ed Ed kemper behavior in this which if you know you know yeah you know you know (laughs) um one thing about the one of my biggest complaints with the film, other than like it is kind of it is a bit repetitive, where it's kind of like guy passes out, guy wakes up, guy gets tortured, guy passes out. Yeah. Um, like I said, they do they do break that up with the dream sequence stuff. There is some technical aspects of the film that could have been done a little better. CG blood. There's a couple shots of CG blood that were very unnecessary. It really only pops up in like two scenes in particular. It does, but, but it's so stark. Yeah. You see it, and you're like, what? Like why can you? You clearly had fake blood. And there's a scene that like it shows the house outside, and I don't know if they just didn't have the money to light it properly outside, yeah. but they definitely like CG'd the moon and stuff, and that looks kind of rough too. I mean, it it does make you wonder like why would you not just like take some like lights outside or something, or like just that? not, or just not add it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't need it. No, you know, never needed it. Um, especially since there's a lot, like a lot of the scenes are lit very well. Yeah. Like, especially the dream sequences, they definitely do a good job of, like... Color. Yeah. Like, stark realism color to, like, surrealistic color in the dream sequences. Yeah, like a, a lot of, like, the way the rooms and these, like, scenes are lit reminds me of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not, not going to mention <laughs> what just occurred on this podcast. But... <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Sorry. Um... You said the way the movie's lit. Oh, yeah. It's a lot like Italian. Yeah. Like yeah. Jollos. Definitely the dream sequence had a lot of Italian vibes, which it, I think it is yeah. an Italian-made movie. It, yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. so that does make sense quite a bit. I forgot all about it, it being Italian. It's but. not super gory, but it also does a really good job of, like, making you feel the violence. Yeah. You know, you're going to be squirming and, you know, 
been like, oh my god. And the, there's a lot of stuff to do with knives and genitalia. Genitalia and, and buttholes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and each part, I was like, no. You know, the no. movie, like, as far as, like, visual violence goes, is not as graphic as you might think, but it does... It, but, it like, it's so sparing that when it shows it, it is like, woo! <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, like, when, like, you know, we were referencing the bottle scene without spoiling anything. Uh, like, when you actually, like, see something, it's like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, it's... There's some rough shit in this. Yeah. Like, and it is a low-budget film, so it does kind of suffer from a lot of the same things you get in a lot of low-budget films, but I think where a movie like this hinges is on its performances. Yeah. If the characters cannot carry the movie, then um, it falls flat. And even though there's really no dialogue, bare minimum dialogue. I think there's like maybe two scenes of dialogue in the entire thing. I think our main character may never speak. No. You know, our main victim, anyways. The the main like the the lead, I guess. The lead. Uh there's the hallucination, he talks. Yeah. But uh I don't think he our lead ever really says anything. No. Except for maybe like please or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Excuse me. But like both characters do such a good job without without dialogue of like really giving the characters layers. Mm-hmm. Like especially the guy who plays the killer. Like he does such a good job of like building like different like it seems like almost like he becomes a different person depending on the situation. It also builds a lot of tension because of it. Yeah, like when he's got the clown makeup on, he's ruthless and violent, sadistic. But then like he comes in with his cardigan and he's trying to like feed the guy and he wants to take care of him, right? Yeah. And then there's like the scene where he's naked and he's like crying and hugging him, and then like there's a scene where like he's about to do something terrible to him with a spoon, but he like takes mercy on him yeah. almost, and, like shoots him up, but first, you know what I mean. And it's like, Still low. there's so many like, there's so many subtle nuances in that guy's performance that I was like, that interested me more even than like the, the violence and stuff. Mm. But yeah, ultimately, I don't know, you got anything else you really want to touch on? I mean, not, not necessarily. I mean, I think the special effects could have been a little better in some of the stuff. Some of them, some of them are really good. Yeah. Like. Mainly well, the CGI is what's rough. Yeah, it, it, it mostly is the CGI and I would say. There's a part close to the end, which I think you know what I'm talking about, where that effect kind of looks like paper, paper mache. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But at the same time, it it it, it delivers on yeah with what it was going for. Yeah, and it, you know, say. we were talking about the sacrifice. It's not the same director. No, he just produced it. But it's gonna be interesting to see what these guys do next. Yeah. You know, because I think from sacrifice to torment, there is a progression in filmmaking and style and storytelling oh, that yeah. I that I liked a lot. I liked a lot better. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how you can get this movie now. <laughs> oh, is it completely like out of print now? I mean, that's the thing about these like they they print what they sell, and that's it. Oh shit! Okay. So I don't know how you get it, but uh, maybe they'll put it on like their. Uh, their Vimeo or something eventually, yeah. So you can see it, because uh, I do recommend it. I do too. I think I think it's well worth. Uh, if you're a fan of extreme cinema, it's definitely definitely worth your time. Yeah, and if like again, I'm not sure if there are any more releases with this, but if there if there are, seek it out. Yeah. Um, Which at this point, with the, the way people buy things and sell things, there's probably a copy on Amazon. Oh, somewhere. I guarantee there's a copy on eBay or something. You know what I mean? Which is but bad, which is shitty, but but you know, 
support, you know, shouldn't have missed out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about it. Like, if you wanted it, you shouldn't have missed it. Also, <laughs> the other ones are coming out, so keep an eye on those, I guess. Yeah. Deep, uh, the next one is Deep Web XXX. Which <laughs> we saw the trailer for that one. And that I trailer, don't know what to think about it. <laughs> the trailer was just kind of was way too fast to really get a grasp on everything. Yep. So. <clears throat> um, this is not a porno, by the way. That was like, I guess a rumor started online. Oh. That like this was porn or something. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not porn. No, it's it's not. No. <laughs> if it is, I don't know who's who's enjoying this. Yeah, so. right. But um yeah, so that's torment. We might do this more often, like something that we don't really have a place for. Right. You know, like maybe we could do this with car uh Carson was it Carcinoma? Carson Car- mm. Car- It looks like Carcinoma. Yeah, which is car the Marion Dora movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the Marion Dora movies. Yeah, you know, maybe we could do that with that. You know, kind of yeah. like add like a little bonus review in there every once in a while when there's something newer to talk about. Yeah. That we don't really have a place for. Because we haven't done many episodes in a while. I think the last one was Hereditary. Yeah. Which I like doing many episodes, but, uh, you know, I kind of like this is maybe a little bit better. Which maybe we'll do one of Midsummer. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go see Midsummer. Me too. Yep. It looks really cool. It's got an R for uh, realistic, disturbing violence. Well, didn't Hereditary have an R, too? For disturbing, realistic violence. A horror movie has R nowadays. Holy wow, shit. Wow, The balls. Yeah. Um, but we've seen some PG movies that are... That's true. Rough. Yeah. Is <laughs> Threads PG? Threads was a TV movie. I think I think Threads is like PG-13. Still. It's like, god dang. <laughs> Something like that. But, um... Well, that's the American system. I don't know how... Oh, that's true. Well, true. Well, 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 We'll update that. We're on a rant. We don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) We're talking about shit we do not know a thing about. (laughs) (laughs) Which happens often. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so that's Torment. Go check it out if you can. You know, go support Unearth. They make good, they release good stuff. Make us spicy movies. They make the spicy movies. They keep extreme cinema alive. They do. Uh, we're going to hear from our buddy Brandon Lane from the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, which go give them a subscribe. And when we come back, we're going to get into some revenge films. Hell yeah. So we'll see you on in a minute. Recording live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcast and mouthpiece of the Southeast, Brandon A. Lane, host of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, inviting all you to take a walk on the wild side and check out our Golden Pumpkin nominated and five star rated film commentary podcast. Each month, we dissect the greatest and sometimes worst films of that particular horror genre, and we interact with the stars and crew of those films. You can find Rants from the Black Lodge podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, and our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. All right. We're back. <laughs> I think those were words at the I end. It. I'm, I've been snailing it. Bob Dylan on crack. If you've not seen this video, please do yourself a favor. Go watch Vince Neil's botch of a performance. <laughs> it is something to be behold. God, <laughs> it's so bad. How do you mess up that bad when you know you're being recorded? Like, man, that? 
like, at one point, it like like what's the guitarist's name? Not Nikki Six, but uh, oh god, I don't remember their names. So. You know, I, I'm not a crew. Fan. I'm not a crew fan either. But it goes like the guitarist, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's he's yeah, he's visibly upset. I'm like man, I can't <laughs> believe I can't believe we sold down this far. <laughs> but anywho, we got um, revenge films to talk about. Yes. One of my absolute favorite subgenres of cinema. Oh God. For for me, I have a love hate relationship with <laughs> with the revenge films. Yeah, because I get very very angry. Angry I am. <laughs> <laughs> Anger I feel. Ooh. <laughs> um, but we're gonna start in 1977 with a little known film, which I think you know through the years it started to garner more. More of a following is than... Is this more than little known? Hmm? Is this little known? I never read and seen a lot of people talk about it. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think it started to build uh, a cult following quite a bit, but uh, it's still pretty unknown. But it's from 1977, and it's called Fight for Your Life. This movie is... Like, okay. <laughs> it's infuriating. It's in, It is infuriating, but... It's a movie when you watch it, you literally feel uncomfortable. Yes, um, which we will not, of course, not say any no. of the things that are repeated in this movie. No. We would never do that. But you know, to kind of give a heads up, this review is going to f- deal a lot with <laughs> race situations. Yeah. <laughs> I would say one hundred percent of the dialogue is uttered by a certain character in this yeah. film. Yep. Is un unspeakable even then. <laughs> yeah, even then people are like, "Ooh, man, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, fucking bad." But Five for Your Life tells a story of the Turner family, Ted yes. Turner, which made me laugh. Ted <laughs> <laughs> Turner, TNT, TBS. Yes, you don't know. which is a God fearing American family who happens to be African American. Yes. Um, we are also following these three criminals. Uh, I don't know if I said, did I say criminals? I don't know what I just said. Criminal? Criminal. Gotta get that croissant. You're a croissant. Led by the insufferable Jesse Lee Kane. <laughs> insufferable motherfucker. Who you may know. Oh? Yes, this man is actually a pretty, like, not necessarily well-known actor, per se. Um... Hang on just a second here. Let me pull up his IMD because I want to make sure. William Sanderson is his name. Yeah. He's in such stuff as Blade Runner. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, hang on, hang on. Let me, uh, let me, uh, let me, uh. He's been in everything. He's been in Married with Children. What? Yep. Uh, Deadwood, True Blood. Uh, where's that one? I cannot remember the name of it to save my life. Oh, my God. He's in Tim and Eric. Oh. Lost. What? what? Mm-hmm. So he's pretty well known then, right? Oh yeah, William Sanderson is a uh, is a pretty well known wrestler or not wrestler. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. You try to read. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. I cannot remember the name of the Daggum Show, but he was the he was these guys' neighbors, and he's like, "My name's Daryl. It's my brother Daryl, and this my other brother Daryl." <laughs> right? It was a really famous like sitcom from like the seventies <laughs> that he couldn't have. Be- he had to like right after this movie got that role. So like oh my God. they saw Five for Your Life and like that's our Daryl. <laughs> God, 
God. I can't remember the name of that show. I was about to say my life. I couldn't find it. But yeah, he's been in so many things. He's uh, he, in Blade Runner. He's you know the guy that the the um, the replicants meet who kind of acts like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Who like helps them? Yeah, yeah. That's him. That's Jesse Lee Kane. That's William what Sandelson. Stuff. What the fuck? Yeah. So, anyways, how uh, I, this movie? When you hear the words he says, it's a miracle this didn't ruin his career. <laughs> Anyways, so these three Sorry. criminals, which is like a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Hispanic gentleman and an Asian fellow, yeah, and this b- b- just insufferable racist Jesse Lee Kane, yeah, uh, they he, escape he, from prison, yeah, and they hold up this liquor store, and while holding up the liquor store, uh, the daughter of the Turners happens to be there, and they take oh, no. they take her captive take her back to her house, and hold the family hostage until they can escape. Yeah. And essentially the movie follows what happens in this time frame as we see Jesse Lee Kane verbally, mentally, and physically abuse them for a long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Fight for Your Life. What do you think about it? This movie was hard to watch. It's honestly. hard to watch, yeah. Like, Oh God! It's uh, some of the, the just the words that are said are fucking horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> to to the point, it's like, how did he get another role after this? And mm-hmm. I didn't know he did. Well, it's because he's amazing in this movie. Well, yeah, like, he's an absolute piece of shit, but does such a good job. And I I think that's one of the things about Five Your Life. I think Five Your Life's a really good. Exploitation film. Yes. Very good exploitation film. But I do think what makes it better than your average exploitation film, like I think it would just been an any other, you know, film from the 70s had it not been for the guy who plays Ted Turner and the guy who plays Jesse Lee Kane. Yeah. It's a movie that's really like hinged upon two fantastic performances. Yeah. And then, it, you know, those I, two guys definitely stole the show. Yeah. And then everyone else in the family around them and the crew around them, you know, kind of. Lesser, I don't know. Grandma's. Great. I was actually gonna say I love the grandma. Grandma, at one point, roast fucking mm-hmm. oh, uh, Jesse Lee Kane. Yeah, brutally roast. Yeah, it's so good. Like, if people were watching this movie nowadays, this would be in like meme compilations everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> her just fucking like. Like, it would be the equivalent of that meme of pl- pl- uh, Plankton from Spongebob Bros. and the, the, the citizens. shoes! <laughs> <laughs> but, like like I said, like it really lynches upon those two performances. Like, had Jesse Lee Kane and Ted Turner not been on point, I think the film could easily fell apart. Yeah. But because they're so good, it holds together this, like, just regular old exploitation. And it really shows you, like, like, you know, we, we covered uh, hate crime. Yeah. You know. Um, Which I, I, I remember on that episode, uh, you were talking about um, if if that movie would, did things a little more riskier, I think it'd be, it would have been a lot more infamous. Yes. This movie kind of did that way yeah. beforehand. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Like, this movie is the movie that hate crime wanted to be. Yeah. Um. It's just, uh, it's nasty. Yeah. It's ugly. Mm-hmm. It's mean-spirited at times. I I would not say at times. There's a, it's pretty mean-spirited from beginning to end. I'm pretty sure it was directed by an African-American man as well. Yeah. Um, 
and it you know it really shows like it, it's you know it's of course ranched up to ranched up ranched up ratched up <laughs> to uh, eleven, but it really like it kind of shows the racism and how ugly it can be. Yeah, you know, it, it's gross. <laughs> Fuck racism. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and I, I I find the film to be. You know, yeah, sure, it's a revenge film, and like it does feel good, but there's a tragic aspect of it too, which uh, you know I think all three of these films kind of have that going for them, where it's like you know Ted Turner is such a good man, yeah, you don't want to see him have to go to that place, yeah, you know, you don't want him to go to that there, you want him, you know, because he's such a good dude, yeah, you don't want to have to see him like get taken down to that, yeah, pretty much, pretty much you. You don't want to see him stoop to his levels. Exactly. Which I don't know if he stoops to his levels, but, you know. There's a lot of morality. There's a lot of, a lot of like, uh, subplots of morality. Yeah. And, like, what's okay and what's not okay. Oh, shit! <laughs> Oof. You know, it's like, when when does being a good guy not work? Necessarily, you know what I mean? Like, there's a cop who, like, he does everything by the book, and towards the end he has to kind of... You know, he has to kind of take into play what is, you know, his his morals and what he believes is right and whether or not he can justify going through with that. Right. Which I do think the scene that kind of leads it up to is a little on the nose. It's like the fact that he would tune in and hear what they're saying at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. Little unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, and I would say it does kind of push like this weird narrative when the other cops are like, oh, I just, I just do... You know, the pretty much the bare minimal mm-hmm. of what is being asked of me to do. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like, oh, okay. You know, we we you know Ted Turner and uh, Jesse Lee Kane both are amazing. The guys who played them both amazing. The problem I think with the film a lot of times is some of the other actors are, ugh. like for instance, the daughter. Yeah, she's pretty weak. Mm. The kid's good. He's fine. Yeah, uh, but he's very much a kid actor. I think the wife does a pretty good job, and yeah. I think the two other criminals, and of course the grandmother. grandmother the, gra- the grandmother is fucking awesome. She steals the show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and I think the cop characters could be a little shaky at times, too. Yeah, but this is also, um, it's probably low budget, right? It is very low budget. It's it's a low budget 70s film, mm-hmm. so, you know. But like I said, because those two guys are so good, the movie doesn't matter. Right. Because the movie, like any of the weirdness in the film, which there's a lot of weirdness with the movie, Yeah. like sped up car chases... I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah, like like it's regular speed, but they've sped it up. Yeah, or like the weird like slow motion they do at times. Oh yeah, the, all the there's a scene in particular the the book. Yeah, exactly. Where uh, Jesse Lee Ka- he's messing with some book, a Bible. Yeah, he's messing with mm, uh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, to be fair to myself here, I I did watch. We all we both watched these movies, but it's also been like two weeks. Yeah, since. <laughs> we were supposed to, you know, record yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> forgive us if we're a little yeah. rusty. <laughs> um, yeah, he smacks him in the face with the bobble. Yeah, and knocks him out with it, which is it's brutal when you think about it. But the scene itself is the way it's weird. shot is weird. Yeah, there's some awkward editing in this movie. I think there's a lot of really technical issues. Yeah, with the film, but because the the, the performances by the two leads is so good, it just works. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to say about Five for Your Life? I, I would definitely say check it out, but be prepared. Yeah, if you're bothered at all by a racist, 
I would say most people are. Yeah, but I'm saying like if it's like something you don't, you're like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that. I want to avoid that like the plague. Don't. Don't watch this movie. Because like we didn't even scratch the surface of how vile the Jesse Kane character really is. Like, at one point in the grocery store, or a gas, it was a gas station, not a grocery store. What the fuck? He aims a gun at a baby's face. Yeah, that's the scene we didn't even talk about. Yeah, and like he literally like in frame with this child. Yeah. Points a gun at this baby's head. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that in a movie before. No. I was like, I remember the first time I saw it being like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen a baby have a gun pointed at his head in a movie. like that. Nowadays, that would be considered abuse. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. I knew there was no bullets. <sighs> like he's so, oh, he's, he's so suffering. fuck. And the other two guys ain't much better. You just like them too. But Jesse Kane is such a freaking. Yeah, well, 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 that'd be a spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, so I won't get into the other two as much. There is a death in the movie, too, that I've always thought was kind of weird. The one the guy jumps on the window. Yeah. That piece of glass. Yeah. So big. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what excuse me? Like, no. <laughs> like, did the whole window get stuck in him? <laughs> but yeah, the, the character, like, I'm, I'm sure Williams Henderson is not like this no, person at no, all. No, 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 no. <laughs> but He's a fantastic actor. Jesse Lee Kane's character, the the character, mm-hmm. I want. Like, I would like. He's he'd be the kind of person I would like to meet out in public and beat the death of the fucking chair. Yeah, right. A steel chair. And uh, the guy who plays Ted Turner too. Man, what an actor! Oh, he's such. Like he's, he gives so many just great, like stern, like the line that comes up to me. He's like, "You can do what you want to me, Kane." When it comes time for you to take somebody, you take me. And I'm like, right. yes, that guy's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're the real MVP. He's the real MVP. He's great. Fantastic. Good movie. I mean, rough. Oh, God. Rough movie. But very, very good. And I think kind of important. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it is a it's a snapshot of a, of a time that doesn't, you know. I'm going to go on a bit of a, a, a small rant here, okay? Mm-hmm. C- Central Cinema was going to do this thing. Oh yes. For uh, was it was it Black History? It was for Month? Black History Month. Yes. Which they were doing black exploitation movies. Yep. Which I'm pretty sure most of these movies, if not all of them, all were of them made by much. you know, you know, black men. Yeah. And women, I yep. would say. Yep. And it's about their struggles mm-hmm. and you know their stories. Yeah. People in these fucking comments of these posts that they put up. We're ranting that these movies are racist. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Which they end up did sticking to their guns and showed like sweet, sweet back. Yeah, and um, coffee and stuff like that. Which I was glad they they stuck to their guns on some of those. You know what I mean? Black exploitation movies are important. They to, are. They're very important to film history. You know what I mean? Like it was a it was a uh, genre created for a group of people who didn't have a representation in Hollywood. Yeah. You know they didn't have somebody making movies for them. Yeah. You know, so these, these filmmakers said, screw it, we'll do it. And so many of those movies are fucking fantastic oh, yeah. films. Yeah, I can't wait till the day we actually do a Black Exploitation episode. Like so, Sweet Sweet Back and like Welcome Home, Brother Charles. If you're under the mentality that these movies are racist, then just watch them. You've never watched them, yeah. Yeah. You've never Is watched there them? racist things in them? Yeah, because that's what they deal with. Yeah, and that's what they wanted to make movies about. Mm-hmm. So, before you call something fucking racist like that, look into it first. Because yeah. all these people would smack you in the fucking face and tell you that these movies are not racist. Yeah. It's about the struggles. Filmmakers like John Mafonka, you know. Yeah. Fred the, Williamson. Yeah. You know, so movies, many great 
actors, Pam Greer. Yeah. So many great, uh, you know, came from that black exploitation uh, <clears throat> genre that it's it is bizarre. Like when I saw that, I was like, "What in the world?" Like, you do not know your film history. No, you do not understand what this means. There, there's so many people who don't. Mm-hmm. Like, this is very much to a lesser extent. It's like people again, very much to a lesser extent. Right. But people who are like, I don't watch black and white films because you know. Yeah. I'd like someone to go up to uh, Rudy Raymore when he was still alive and be like, your movies are racist. He'd smack them. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, what the fuck you talking Bitch. about? <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Dolomite. Oh, man. So good. Yeah. Yeah. But so, but anyway, my, my rant's over on that. I agree with it. I agree with that 100%. Like I said, one day we will do a black exploitation episode and it's going to be awesome. Like, we got one planned. Yeah. Not just a black exploitation, but we got Rudy Raymore planned. Yeah. Which is going to be awesome. <laughs> and also... Can't wait to watch Dolomite. Right. The film Penitentiary, we watched Penitentiary. not too long. That's a John Mavon guy film. Yeah. yeah. That, dude's, that dude's films are amazing. Welcome Home, Brother Charles, Penitentiary, uh, MMA. Yeah, we, we watched all those movies back to back. Mm-hmm. And my God, those movies are so good. So good. So. And like, sweet, sweet, like a movie like Sweet Sweet Back. I mean, that's like one of the most revolutionary films oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Like, it's like the way it's made is like unbelievable. So... Yeah, the end of my rant. Black exploitation films are not fucking racist, people. Yeah. Yep. Look into shit for you. Just they speak. were made to empower people. All right, I'm done. <laughs> and to show issues. Yeah, I agree. That's fine. I think I think it's important to say. You know what I mean? Um, I just I, I just read those comments and I was like, I'm done with people, <laughs> man. And you know, good on uh uh Central Cinema for, you know, um sticking to their guns, but also being understanding. Of yeah. the people and kind of trying to be like, hey, we understand why you feel this way, but here's why we think these films are important. Yeah. You know what I mean? And showing something like Sweet Sweet Back, mm-hmm. which I think is a very important movie, you know? <laughs> very much so. But anyways, we're moving all the way up to 2000. Yeah, it's a bit of a I jump. like that. We're covering a freaking Kevin Smith produced movie. Yes. Who thought this was going to happen one day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, Tell Em Steve Day production. Yes, uh, <laughs> this is a View Askew film. Yes, uh, and if you don't know who Kevin Smith is, you don't watch movies because <laughs> 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 directed Clerks, Mallrats, Dogma, Chasing Amy, uh, Red State, Tusk, Yoga Hosers. <laughs> what was the last one? Yoga Hosers. <laughs> Yoga Hosers <laughs> sucked. <laughs> I, I, for one, am a, am a pretty big Kevin Smith film. He really inspired yeah. me a lot when I like wanted to make movies. He he was really one of the first guys to have a movie, you know, DIY, DIY, DIY yeah. that made it. Yeah, right. Like, <clears throat> you know, you had a guy like Richard Linklater, but then, like, Kevin Smith's Clerks, like, became such a phenomenon that it was, like, nobody thought, like, an independent film could, like, lead yeah. to so much success, but it did, you know? Yeah. Um, but he's, he did not direct this. He just produced this. Him yes. and Scott Mosier. Directing this is Brian Johnson. Which, if you listen to Tell Him Steve Tell Dave. Tell Steve Dave. You will know that this is one of the hosts of that this show. This is Beard Guy from Comic Book Man. <laughs> yeah, Beard Guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, host of Tell Him Steve Dave. Cameoed in most of uh, Kevin Smith's movies. Yeah. Uh, horror writer. <laughs> yeah. He directed this movie in 2000. It's his own, to this day, his only film he's ever directed. He needs to make something new. I know. And it's called Vulgar. This, again. Let me tell you a story. Yeah? There's an alien in my paper. Burn air. That was me. 
okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't even know I was there. Um, let me tell you a story. Oh, oh, okay. So back in the day, we used to go to Blockbuster quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, we had this thing where we could rent movies through Blockbuster Online, which I, man, some of the weird shit I found on Blockbuster Online is incredible. <laughs> but that ain't what this is about. Uh, but we would go and trade them in at a Blockbuster video store for uh, movies there. You could, like, swap them out. Yeah. Which was always the best part of that. You know what I mean? Because, like, okay, I get movies in the mail, and I get to swap them out. Mm-hmm. So I saw uh, Kevin Smith, Vulgar. And I was like, ooh, okay. And I was like, okay, this ain't directed by Kevin Smith, but this is... I'm like, all right, guys, this is our movie for tonight. Let's do this, oh, right? God. So you got to think, I'm with my brother-in-law, my sister, two of my sisters... <laughs> And this film features a man-on-man clown rape. <laughs> and everyone's like, what did you, what, why, what are we watching? <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of like this. <laughs> Not the rape, but the movie. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified yeah, that. I didn't want to like think that, uh, you know, I'm talking weird over them. The podcast host says he likes clown rape. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the plot of Vulgar... You got Brian O'Halloran yeah. from Clerks fame. Yes. He's a Dante, you know. Yes. I think his name's William in this movie. Uh, um, I think I may have wrote it down. Keep talking. But uh, he's a, he he wants to be a party clown for a living, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, how do you make a living being a clown? Well, I think we find out the hard way. You don't. You don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't. Um, but he's having a hard time. He's living bad. <laughs> also. Okay. <laughs> You're going to try to be a party clown post-John Wayne Gacy? Post-John Wayne Gacy, yeah. <laughs> nah, dog. Ain't nah, happening. nah. <laughs> it's not happening. He ruined it for you. But uh, he, uh, you know, he's having a hard time. He's, he's, he's down on his luck. He's got, he's, you know, he always rent. His car's a piece of shit. His neighbors are pieces of shit. Yep. He's got one friend he can turn to who is Brian Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he comes up with an ideal while looking at the classifieds one day. There's yeah. all these, like, sex classifieds. He's like, I could be a prank. I could dress up like a clown in lingerie. Yeah. And when a guy thinks he's going to get a stripper for his, you know, his bachelor party, he gets me. Yeah. So it seems like a great ideal. Seems like it's gonna, you know, be a decent like way to like, you know, make a little extra cash on the side. Yeah. So he decides to do it, and on his first one, he is kidnapped by this. Wild man <laughs> and his well. two bizarre sons. Yeah, where they violently rape him on his first night <laughs> as Vulgar the Clown. So things have already took a dark turn here. Yeah, but they let him go, and he tries to deal with life after being raped. One day. He's kind of passing by, and he sees one of the kids that he's been to her party before. Mm-hmm. He's kidnapped by her deadbeat dad. He, uh, for no reason, tackles him and becomes a superstar. Yes. Because everyone's like, he's the hero clown. He gets his own TV show. Well, lo and behold, the guys who raped him show back up with a videotape yep. <laughs> of the incident. So now he has to decide how he's going to handle this blackmail situation. And that's basically the plot of Vulgar. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a thick plot, but it at the same time, it does very much fit into the this 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 the same way the the other two movies. 
more. Yeah, where it's like a you know a good guy who is forced into a situation that he doesn't really want to be a part of. Yeah, you know what I mean. He would love for it to just go away, mm-hmm. but they leave him no choice. Right. So uh, what do you 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 think about Vulgar? I think it's a very very solid film. I do too. The only thing the only thing I'm gonna say off the bat is Brian O'Halloran who plays Vulgar slash I think it's William mm-hmm. slash Slappy. <laughs> yeah, Slappy. Um, I think ever the when he's not in the makeup and stuff and before everything happens, he kind of just plays Dante. Yeah, I can agree with that. <clears throat> um, there is a lot of Dante in the character. But I guess at the same time, you know. Well, Dante was, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say. But at, at the same time, uh, like, that could just be his, like, I, I haven't really seen him in a, a ton of other things right. besides, like, Clerk. So yeah. maybe that's just what I see. Is Don- No, I can I can see, I can definitely see where you're coming from. He He, he has a lot of Dante. Bobs. Bobs and mannerisms, you know, Yeah. in the beginning of the film. However, I would say, you know, the scene when he comes home from being raped and, you know, he, like, loses it and then his friend comes and tries to console him. Yeah. Fantastic performance. Yeah, yeah that's what, like, at first, like, I was like, he, like, in my notes, I was like, he kind of, he's kind of just acting like Dante. Then that mm-hmm. happens, I'm like, wow. Yeah. His performance there is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Fantastic performance. Like, it's very... You know, very relatable. In yeah. a way, like, I've never been raped, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully. But, like, I could see, you know, the mindset of this person and, like, dealing with, you know, this horrific event. And, like, you can literally see the gears turning in his head, like, what the fuck do I do? I mean, it is one of those things, like, what would you do? Yeah. I mean, it's, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I really don't. And, like, it's interesting, too, because we see so many rape revenge films through the female because you know because that makes sense because you know unfortunately that is the primary target of you know that act however to see it from a male perspective is very interesting because it's like you know there's that just adds a new layer to it like your masculinity being taken from you you know that's just a new layer to it it's like wow you know (laughs) so brian brian johnson which i'm not sure if he had a lot of like acting experience before this movie not a ton but he does a really good job too. He does a very good job. Like, there's times where you can tell that he's not an actor, yeah. necessarily. But like, he it's much like the guy from uh, Celtarsica, yeah, the, the tattoo artist from Celtarsica, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you can tell he's not an actor, but he just he comes off so likable and so natural that even when his performance is like, eh, it still works. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel about Brian Johnson's movie too. The the villains of the film almost stick out because yeah. they're so over the top and crazy. It is very much like Texas Chainsaw. Family. It's insane. Like, yeah, the things this guy says are like how Brian Johnson came up with them is like, what in the world? You know, <laughs> like Jesus Christ! Like, it's so crazy. Well, well, again, if you've ever listened to television, that you'll, you'll know Brian Johnson is a mad lad, mm-hmm. but also one of the funniest motherfuckers probably on the yeah, planet, sure. But um, but, like, the dad of the family is, like, he's so over the top and so crazy, but he does it so well that it works. Yeah. 
and then you got Ethan Souffle there. Yeah. From freaking My Name is Earl, and you're yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, fuck, excuse me. Yeah, right. He's, he, oh, he's doing what to this guy? Hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Hmm. Bad. <laughs> but yeah, like, he just says wild shit. Yeah. yeah. But it works. Like, it, it could easily could make this movie, like, just come off, like, two-toned, almost, yeah. where it's like, you know, here's this realistic part, and then all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the guy gives such a good performance that yeah. um, it works, you know? This movie, like, I will say, is very, it's a very surreal movie. It has a lot of weirdness to it, yeah. Like, it's very strange, because, like, this guy in this local town, he saves this, you know, this girl from... We know whatever, mm-hmm. and so he becomes like a national hero. hero. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't a, happen very often. It's like a like a super famous like kid show. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, but at the same time, this could also just be the world that's created here. Mm, yeah, because you see the family, see how wacky they are. Yeah, see how crazy they are. Then you're like, okay, this fits into the, the same world almost. You know, and there's like there's like. And it's a shame that Brian Johnson never really went on to do anything after this, because it's like when I'm watching it, I'm like, man, there's shots in this movie that come out straight out of like a noir, yeah, like a single light bulb, yeah, shots with a lot of shadows. It's just really well done. It looks like a, a noir movie, and I'm like, man, you know, he's got such a visual eye, yeah, for cool shots, like you know, in particular the poster with the gun. The poster is awesome. But it's kind of misleading. It's very misleading, yes. And we don't want to give that away. Yeah. But we will say that the movie kind of has a unsatisfying ending, yeah. in a way. You know? To an extent. To an yeah. extent. It just kind of depends on how you interpret it, right. I think. Um, but yeah, Vulgar, I've always really liked this movie. Yeah. I just think it's 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 a dark, twisted, you know, it has a very bleak sense of humor about it. Oh, yeah. Which... Again, makes sense, <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, it, it carries itself in a very mean-spirited nature at times. Yeah, with some really likable characters and some great performances, and just a just a unique take on the genre. Also, also something I had to mention before we you know we move on is this movie does scream the time period at the same time. It does, yeah. It really feels like that early 2000s independent yeah. scene. Like, I was watching, I was like, this looks like King of the Ants. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it feels like those kind of movies. It's like, like there, there's a certain time period, like, there's some movies you watch and you're like, whoa, that took place in that time period? Whoa. Mm-hmm. There's some movies you're like, okay, I see where this movie's taking place at. And it's like, you know, it is very much a view askew film too. Yeah. Like you're gonna see Scott Mosier, Kevin Smith, Walt Flanagan, yeah. Jason Mewes, and like, Jason Lee. You know, they're all there. And again, there's a lot of inside jokes. There is in this movie. Walt that, Flanagan's dog. Yeah, Walt Flanagan's dog. Which again, I hate to keep bringing up Tell Him Steve Dave, but that's just what they're a part of. Now. Yeah. There's a lot of references to to from stuff from this movie that are on that show now. Now, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It, I've always really liked it. I, you know, it's hard to put a finger on why I care. I like it so much, but it, you know, I've always just thought it was such a unique. It, yeah, it's a unique and different take on something that uh, on a genre that is very much the same. Exactly. Like it, it, you know, it's a it's a genre that's been done and done and done and done, but. You know, this kind of takes a unique look at it and kind of adds some things to it that 
<clears throat> I hadn't really seen before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. I, I've always really liked it, and I, I highly recommend going check it out. Oh yeah. It's weird though, cause like there's like an unrated cut and then a theatrical cut or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. But like the version we watched is the full uncut version. Yeah. The other version, which is like the unrated version or something like that, is actually cut. Oh. Yeah. But there's not like it. I mean, of course they. It, what's insinuated is rough, but there's not a lot that's. It's not graphic. not a ton is cut out. It's just that the like the rape scene and stuff is trimmed down. Oh, okay, well, but uh. Yeah, vulgar. Go check it out. That's yeah. a, that one is kind of is I would say pretty underrated. Yeah, very much. Not a lot of people talk about vulgar. I actually got to meet Brian O'Holler in Game of Sama, copy of vulgar. Yeah, he did. Yep, it was a uh, it was a real honor talking to him about vulgar. He re- he's really proud of that role, he, he, he which he should, should be. be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very very good. He said he'd try to get Brian Johnson to make another movie, but he's lazy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said? No, nah, he didn't really say it, but he kind of like is like you know he's just kind of he got motivation problems. <laughs> I feel that. I understand it. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Um, let's go back to 1977. God, I've been looking forward to this. The main event, if you will. Yeah. There you go. I couldn't. It didn't pick up the first uh, time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> A film that eluded me for so long. Like I hunted this movie down. The first horror movie convention I ever went to, which was nearly ten years ago. The first bootleg I ever bought was Rolling Thunder. And man, did it not disappoint. (laughs) This was my first time watching this. And I remember you hopped it up pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's see what this brings to the table. I knew something special so to come out of this movie as soon as the fucking thing opened. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) As soon as that song hits and you see him on the plane. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, you know, act, sir. He's yeah. Like, Just put your sunglasses on, you know. As soon as I saw that, I knew I was in for something special. Yeah. I don't even know if that prepared me for how special this movie truly is. Yeah. Like I ha I own uh, the bootleg of it. I have the Blu-ray <laughs> of it. I have it on VHS sealed. Damn. Like this movie is one of the my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And after watching it, I can understand why. Written by the guy who did Taxi Driver. Not Scorsese, the actual writer. Yeah, writer of it. <laughs> yeah. Which I need to watch the movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the film tells the stories of Charles Rain, Major Charles Rain. Yes. Who him and his, uh, he was a Air Force man who was shot down in Vietnam and held captive by the Viet Cong for, I don't even remember how many days. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, and he finally gets to come home. But when he comes home, things aren't as good as he was hoping. His wife is engaged to another man. His child doesn't really know who he was because he was a baby when yeah. he left. So it had to be years. Yeah. Oh. So like he, he's trying to grift back into you know, uh, normal life, which I think that's what makes this movie so good. Is um, It's one of the best films ever showing how hard it can be to adapt back yeah so just be like all right good luck like you hear about it in like there's songs that talk about it and stuff like that but this movie does a great job of actually showing it yeah yeah especially in tommy lee jones's character which we'll oh we'll yeah get into later oh yeah um tommy lee jones tommy lee jones <laughs> yeah, fuck um 
so Charles Reigns, you know, is trying to get his life back together, and at us at a uh, at a little festival thing they throw for him, he is presented a sil- a gold dollar for every day he was held captive, which is a lot, a lot of money. It's like four thousand or something like that. It's something yeah. crazy. Um, he takes it, goes home, and uh, one day when he gets home, a group of I don't know how it was called, but like banditos. Yeah, I mean. But I was. They're they're in Mexico, so I don't know what else to call them. Yeah, I, I I will go with bandits. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, guess I don't really know what they are. They're just they're thugs. It, like criminals. It's, it's borderline like cartelish. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, they're they're not of. <laughs> some of them are not of Hispanic origin. Yes. Yes. Um. But they're like, hey, we want that. We want those silver dollars. We saw you on TV. We want them. Yeah. And he won't tell them. They just keep torturing him. But because he's ordeal through so much already, it doesn't phase him. If yeah. anything, it like just like it's almost comforting to him in a weird way yeah. because it's like it's what he's known for so long now. Like, but they eventually stick his hand in a garbage disposal. <laughs> Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Shoot his wife and kid and leave him for dead. But he didn't die. And he's making his way to Mexico. And he's going to find those sons of bitches. <laughs> when he does, it's on. <laughs> That's rolling thunder. <laughs> My God, this movie is so good. Also, you forgot to mention when they're handing the dollars to her, the, there's a girl, which she's yeah, part of the story. But yeah, um, she definitely becomes his love interest, which is a complicated relationship. You she don't really. Wants some of that red, white, blue cat. <laughs> That's why you want me to bring that up. Oh, yeah, I wrote it down. <laughs> I was ready for this. He's like, I got my punchline coming. <laughs> that's, why I brought, that's why I wanted it to be brought up. But, you know, that's a that's a great part of the movie, too, because it's like, excuse me, it's a complicated relationship. You yeah. don't really know how he feels about her, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but, I he mean, seems like he does care about her. Yeah. But at times, he does just kind of use her to get what he needs. Yeah. And I think that's just a metaphor for what he is and what Tommy Lee Jones is, is like, the broken men in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they're they're just like here you're back in society now, go do your thing. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. You know, no there's no guideline to how to like reacclimate yourself to normal life after no. something like that. There's no god. Yeah, you know. I mean it, it it's it's really crazy like I mean it, in the same way it's very much like of course I would say being an active Remember, the military is a lot better than being in prison. True, something. true. But it's, it's similar to It's much being, more admirable. Yeah, very <laughs> ad, more, much more admirable than being locked away in prison. Yeah. But it's very much similar in being sent back home. Sent back home, yeah. Because you don't know how to adjust back to the reality There's of not life. enough help to adjust back into normal life. Which is a very political statement then yeah. as it is today. Still. I mean, yeah. still very much the same. You know, you see Charles Rain, you know, you see him like, you know, doing push-ups and like he can't sleep just on his bed. Like he yeah. like huddles into a corner because that's all he knows. Yeah. You know, he doesn't under, he, he can't, he can't get back into just doing normal things. Yeah, he can't be normal. And then you see Tommy Lee Jones' character like when he goes and gets him, he's just ready. Yeah. He's like, I can't do this. I can't be a normal human being. It's tragic, you know. It's very tragic. That that's that's a that's a big you know overlying um, theme in this film is tragedy. Yeah. You know, and, and adjustment and and getting back 
into the swing of things. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a very much a film about the struggles of being comfortable in your own yeah. life again after being sent away to fight a fucking awful war. Yeah. It, you know, it. I would say, to me, Rolling Thunder is the best coming home from Vietnam film ever. Yeah. It was a genre of films that was very popular in the 70s because so many people were dealing with that. Yeah. Rolling Thunder, I think, really nails that. I mean, you also got Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter's up there as well. I don't know if I've seen Deer Hunter. Uh, Deer Hunter's very good. And, like, Combat Shock, of course. Oh, God. You know, yeah. but I think as far as like portraying it realistically, this and Deer Hunter are like two of the absolute best ever. Yeah, and you know the film like we even got into like the revenge aspect of it and like how like freaking badass and brutal that is. God, because like the film like takes a long time to get there. Yeah. it's very much slow burn, but that makes it even more satisfying. Yeah, you know what I mean, and tragic because like I said, Charles Rain like. You know, to him and Tommy Jones, this is a suicide mission. Yeah, they aren't planning on coming back from this. God, I, I want to get into it into that so so much more, but I also don't want to spoil the movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much. But there's there's so many great moments in the film. You know, like the 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 scene where he's talking to his son and be like, "Do you remember me?" You know, yeah. like that's such a good scene. Uh, the scene where you know he gets the new <laughs> his wife's new boyfriend basically to like yeah. tie his hands behind his back the scene when he goes to Tommy Jones's house and my favorite scene in the movie when they get to the brothel oh yes Tommy Lee Jones is waiting yeah and he's he gets a prostitute to you know cover yeah that he's not just some weirdo mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> he's putting his gun together while this girl's like kissing on his neck and he's like when you hear shots come out yeah. Here's gunfire, and he jumps up and grabs his gun and goes to take off. Yes. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I'm about to kill a bunch of people. And it's just such an awesome line. Yes. Such a great moment. Tommy Lee Jones was a badass and a great actor even then. Yeah. And nothing has changed. Tommy Jones is one of the best ever. Also, another quote is when uh, Ch- Charles Reigns is with the, the other... With with the girl earlier on in the movie and they're going through Mexico and stuff. Yeah, she says, "Why do I always get stuck with crazy men?" And he says, "We're all what's left." Yeah, and that I was like, "Yeah, fuck, yeah, it's really good." And she's great in the movie too. Oh yeah, she's very good. And like her, I think her character is so important because like you know, and it's very relatable too. You know, to like be attracted to somebody broken <laughs> you know and trying Ooh. to you know yeah 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 Ooh, like man her character is super relatable you know like yeah. i feel like that's us in the movie being like please yeah <laughs> you know just stay here don't do this they don't fucking do this but when they get to that fucking brothel and it's you're Tom, like get him <laughs> get him get him bro <laughs> yeah i started the macho man for a second yeah. <laughs> yeah. the movie's so good like it's so good this, I absolutely love Rolling Thunder. For me, this movie is almost like peak revenge film. Yeah. Almost. It's like, it could easily be just another exploitation film. Yeah. But, you know, the directing and the performances especially oh my God. are so good that it sur- surpasses anything a normal exploitation. And I don't mean to use exploitation as a bad thing because I really love exploitation films. Oh, That's yeah, one yeah. of my favorite things is exploitation movies. But this could easily be just another exploitation film, but it just it rises above, yeah. becomes something really special. Some, something else I want to mention real right quick 
is there's a scene where this guy is looking for one of the bandits, one of the lead bandits, and he's shooting all these like like minions. And out of nowhere, he come, the the guy with his his cowboy hat on walks in through the fucking door. He's like, "Hey, bam!" shoots him. Yeah, it is it's just so fucking cool. Um, you know he's got the hook hand too. Yeah, which like that's such a big part of the movie too because it's like, you know, not even that can slow him down. Yeah, he's like, psh, psh, whatever. Yeah, fuck it. You know, <laughs> you can't do. There's nothing you can do to me that ain't been done to me already. <laughs> I've made my hand a fucking weapon. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, it gets that guy's hand on the table. Oh! It's rough stuff, too. Such a good movie. And like I said, like, it's not just the violence and the action. You know, like, you look at, like, the Death Witch movies, it's really about, like, the oh, yeah. chaos. And we, yeah. we love that. Yeah. But this is, like, this is, like, Oscar-worthy performances, performances and directing and writing and just just a brilliant, brilliant movie. And it's that, it's got that... And something I love. We talk about New York a lot. Yeah. We don't talk about Texas a lot. Texas oh, has an atmosphere in in seventy cinema all of its own, and this reeks Texas filmmaking. Yeah. And I love it. It's great. It's so good. It's also just the name Tommy Lee Jones is, feels just feels like it is synonymous with Texas. But <laughs> yeah, it's like Tommy Lee Jones. Like talking about a movie with Tommy Lee Jones, and it's almost like it does. <laughs> it's almost like. We shouldn't be talking about this movie. It's too classy for us. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's too classy for our podcast. But it's not. I mean, it, at, at its core, it is an exploitation revenge film. But it's just a masterpiece because it's just done so good. Yeah. Yeah, I could not recommend Rolling Thunder higher. It, okay, here's a question. Does this, does this movie fall under the, the rug a little bit? Like, I uh, think so. It was so unavailable. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people, like, it was a very sought-after movie. Yeah. But I still think, even to this day, it's not talked about the way it should be. God almighty. You Please know? watch this movie. I mean, like, really, like, you know, Taxi Driver's a masterpiece. Taxi Driver's, like, my number two favorite movie ever. Wow, I still need to watch it. I know. a piece of shit. But, uh, <laughs> but this is up there with Taxi Driver as far as his work yeah. to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's every bit as good as Taxi Driver, I feel like. Really? I think so. Wow. Yeah. You know. Rolling Thunder is fucking awesome. It's a masterpiece, man. It really is. It's, a, it's an excellent, excellent piece of cinema. So, if you have not seen it, which that's probably apparently a, apparently a lot of people. Consensus. However, for all three of these thank movies. God. Like, Scream Factory, say what you want to about them now. They've yeah. done some things that personally I think are shitty. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as, like, you know, forcing smaller retailers to raise their prices on their titles. Mm. You know, which is like, I don't know why you would want to do that. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, the fact that when they came out of the gate, they were like, all right, here's here's these movies, but we're also doing Town of the Dread, Sundown, and Rolling Thunder. Yeah. You know, which Shout Factory did Rolling Thunder, but, you know, it's all the same thing. You know, to drop those two movies was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Awesome, you know what I mean? And, uh, Thank God it's out there on Blu-ray. A great transfer. A great movie. Oh you know, and I'm glad people can go out there and just pick it up for not too expensive and just watch a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, so, again, do yourself a favor, please. Yeah. Watch this movie. Anything and else you, you want to talk about Rolling Thunder before we move on? I mean, there's a lot of things I can talk about Rolling Thunder, but I think I'll just leave the people at watch it for yourself. Watch it for yourself, man. And go out there and watch Rolling Thunder. I yeah. love the movie. It should yeah. be obvious how much I love that movie. Yeah. You go on my letterbox, you'll see what I gave it. 
five stars. I give it the same thing. Yeah, masterpiece. Absolute masterpiece. But again, as we say on almost every episode of this podcast, watch all these movies. Oh, yeah. Everything we talked about today. Torment, Vulgar, Fight for Your Life, Rolling Thunder. All of them are worth your time. Yeah. I think so, you know. And ironically, Torment kind of falls into this into a strange in a way, way. In a way, it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. But it's not supposed to be. Nope. But uh, I think that's going to do us for Revenge Part 2. Yeah. Love these films. Oh, my God. Yeah. Love them. Very good stuff. You know what you don't love, though? What's that? What we're doing next. Motherfucker. <laughs> so, as you might know, uh, nearly so one much. year ago. It, hold on. It may have been... More than a year ago. Well, we've been doing this for a little while, John. I know. We've gained no ground. <laughs> we've been we doing it better. for so long, but we've gained no ground. Don't remind me of it. <laughs> but Matt turned 18. 18. Oh my God. This will fall on like close to when I'm turning 20. So. Yep. Oh. When was this, Matt? Have we been doing this three years? Oh. Um, uh, this holy shit! This came out August. That episode came out August tenth, two thousand seventeen. Damn, damn! I didn't know we've been doing this podcast that episode long. eight. We we should have so many more episodes than we actually do. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> when Matt turned eighteen, we celebrated because he was legally allowed to watch pornography. <laughs> legally allowed to watch pornography. <laughs> and I forced him to watch. Ruffy porn. Yep. And, and we're doing it again. <laughs> <sighs> That's right, folks. One of my absolute favorite episodes we have ever done. We're bringing it back. Motherfucker. It's a genre I do not want to watch. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, is it fun to talk about. Oh man. And what are we covering this time? We're covering intrusion. Ugh. Which was put out by Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. Which I know nothing about, really. I just know it's supposed to be a nasty roughie. Yeah. Then we're doing Climax of Blue Power, which is another Vinegar uh, Syndrome title. Which, again, I don't really know anything about. Uh, but I do know something about this last like, movie. It's one of the most infamous roughies of all time. Oh. Directed by Sean Costello. It's known as Water Power. And if you uh, don't know what Water Power is... It's Maniac, but instead of <laughs> murdering women, he gives them enemas. <laughs> John, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What was really going through your mind when you decided to put this episode together? You don't want to know. <laughs> Why mm-hmm. do you have the need to watch these movies? <laughs> Why do I have the need to watch these movies? To make sure I still feel something. <laughs> Make sure you still feel... Or just to hear me rage for an hour and a half. That's it, too. (laughs) Sometimes you gotta re-remind yourself that you're a human. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you gotta watch... (laughs) Sometimes you gotta watch something so awful that you'd be like, yeah, I still feel things. (laughs) I'm not that desensitized yet. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) And then it's also gonna be really fun to hear you go batshit crazy and have to watch (laughs) people's shit for an hour and a half. Shit for an hour and a half. That sounds awful. Well, that's what's happening. So that's the next episode, people. You need to get excited. It's going to be wild. Like I would almost, like almost, I would want to choose something just as rough, 
for you. Yeah. But I, then, then I have to think to myself, I have to watch it. Yeah. So you're the one that's... <laughs> I mean, it's the, not the, like the, I'm just punishing you. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing this myself as well. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, sometimes you got to watch something to remind you. Like, yep. Yep. I'm not too far gone. <laughs> oh, I can gosh. still... Uh, I can still feel them uh, hoofs. <laughs> still feel those oops. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think that's no. uh, I think that's it for this episode, though. God, I'm not looking forward to this next episode. I am. <laughs> Questions, comments, and concerns can be, <laughs> can be sent to sickoncinema at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook, Sick on Cinema Podcast, yeah. of course. Uh, always go give our friends Who Will Survive, Rants from the Black Lodge, NGW, Rain Architect, Dot Orbix. <sighs> All of our good friends who uh, have supported us over the years. We we should need that like in the the notes of these episodes, like the descriptions. That's a lot of work. We should need to, like add it all. <laughs> we we should need, like have like a word document for all the yeah. We need to like, just like paste, copy and paste it. Yeah. Um. Go give all of them a like. You know, give us the five stars. Yeah. Give us the reviews, so that Please. we can get out there a little more. We're trying. We're pieces of shit who can't keep a consistent podcast going, even though it's bi-weekly. <laughs> <laughs> which is. On its own, not very consistent. Yeah, right. (laughs) Somehow you manage to be even less consistent. (laughs) Monthly podcasts, bi monthly podcasts. (laughs) Yearly. (laughs) Yearly. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what we should be doing. Yeah. But uh, we will, we're going to get back on track. We really are. It's just, uh, man, work and laugh. Laugh and. Also, also, we were afraid we were going to. Had to delay again because I woke up this morning and I was sick as shit. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It's like between like ailment, 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 ailments. You know, shit like needing new vehicles. Oh my god, needing equipment. Freaking can't get our schedules to line up because of work. Freaking, oh. <laughs> freaking forgetting the recorder at my friend's house. Yeah. Between working late night, like in, in my in my situation, and working late nights, having to go to school at the same at the same time, is really hurt trying to do this podcast. Yeah, right. It's been a. There's been many times where I'm like, "How much sleep have I got? <laughs> I got three hours. Well, let's do this. <laughs> this episode in particular was a hard one to get done. Yeah." Because it's like, all right, we're going to do it. Here we go. Fuck. Oh, no, I don't have the recorder. <laughs> yeah, that was the one. Like, we were, we were really, literally been to set up. And yeah. And you were like, uh-oh. You called me because I was on the way. I was like, oh, just set everything up. I'll be there. We can get it done. We can just, you know, do whatever else. Yeah. And then, oh, the recorder's at Gilby's. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Which, Gilby's a friend of ours. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah, good guy, yeah. Good guy, good guy. And then I was like. Mm. Mm. Fuck. Yep. Then other things happen, and I'm just like, this is never gonna come out. I know, right? This was like, what was that last? We had another episode that was very similar to this. Oh, the Satan episode. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was as this, cursed as it that was one. About this year, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know if it was as cursed as that one. But that no. episode was really cursed, but this one was pretty bad. Yeah. But uh, it was a good one. I'm glad we got it. Finally got it done. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next episode as well. So. Yeah. We're back. We're back finally. We're back. And hopefully we'll stay consistent. The man behind the mask. You're just trying to fucking get us, like, flagged. Bring it on, Alice Cooper. I'll Don't kick, you I, challenge I'll kick him. your old ass. <laughs> Don't you challenge Alice Cooper. <laughs> Try to sue me for the song you did for Friday 13th. Bring it on, motherfucker. <laughs> Stop challenging Alice Cooper. The man's a legend. Your bones brittle. I'll smack you around. <laughs> Don't you fucking slap Alice Cooper. He's I a fucking Alice legend. Cooper. He is a legend. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love Hal Scraper. You know, he's on <laughs> tour with Hellstorm and Emotionless uh, Emotionless uh, Which is weird. <laughs> so weird. Anyways. Yeah. I'm John. I'm Matt. And you've been listening to the Off the Rails podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on oh, yeah. cinema. 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 Okay, Kyle Scooper's ass. Oh.